This is the Troll Patrol. Live. With Justin. Freaking. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live. It's a freaking Tuesday. And now Warlord has asked a million dollar question. How many times do you think you could jack off in a plane in one hour? Is this a competition? Like, am I trying to jack off as many times as I can? Are you asking me what my refractal rate is? How fast I can get it up again after getting off? Uh, the answer is probably four or five. Probably, probably. Dep- depends on, like, okay, do I have, do I, <laughs> do I have a heads up that I'm going to be in this, in this competition? So that I know not to, you know, drain the vein the day or two before. <laughs> this is stupid. This is stupid. Who asked this kind of question? Why did I get free? I almost, I was on the couch asleep at 610. Less than an hour ago, I was on the couch asleep. I almost didn't come here. But I did only to get asked about how many times I can jack off on a plane. Also, I haven't flown in 20 years. I didn't jack off any of the times that I did fly. So I'm not sure if air pressure plays a role in being able to get off. But they've got the mile high club, so apparently it doesn't. Jesus Christ. The Huffington... The Huffington Post article, Antonio Sherrod McGarity allegedly admitted the public admitted the public masturbation and told FBI officials he thought the whole incident was kind of kinky. Passenger accused of masturbating four times on a Southwest flight. I don't know. Nothing Nothing about being on an airplane makes me horny, to be honest with you. I have a fear of heights that even manifests, manifests itself playing video games. That my, my fucking... I'll be like on Assassin's Creed, be up on something fucking high or some shit, and my hands will get sweaty as fuck because I have a fear of heights. So, anytime that I've been on an airplane, it has been like... The entire time when I, I flew across the Pacific Ocean. As an adult, I would think that I'd be like, hey, give me the Xanax before I get on this flight. But I haven't flown anywhere because I personally like flying. I mean, I personally like driving. I, just, I like it better. I like driving a car. I like listening to music. I've I worked on the road for years and years and years, so driving is nothing to me. So I just drive everywhere because you can't take pot with you on an airplane. But I can take I can smoke the entire time I'm fucking driving. Well, apparently RB took uh, took some pot with him on an airplane. What is up, Ginger? I got asked a really odd question coming on the show tonight. Fucking warlord all the time asking weird questions. I don't remember if I if I used this meme. I don't think I did. It cracked me up. So what are your political views? 
I'm an arachno-communist. Really? How old? Wait, did you just say arachno? Oh, shit. <laughs> what are we talking about tonight on the show? Let's, let's, get over, let's get over this shit. Okay, I have to correct myself. Last night, I, I made the comment that Elon Musk buying 9% stake in Twitter didn't put him on the board, so he has no power. Guess fucking what? Motherfucker's gonna be on the board now. Jesus Christ. We're gonna hear from Dan Bongino about his thoughts and what he wants to see from a Twitter that has an Elon Musk influence. And then I'm gonna tell you, because, like, I got some responses to my Elon Musk video that I did from last night. And one of the responses was that Elon Musk is a free speech absolutist. Why would I be upset about that? No, 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 no. Elon Musk is not a free speech absolutist, and I'm going to give you examples of how he is the furthest thing from that. Demi, 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 Demi Jor. Demi Jor. Apparently got yelled at by his co-host. Greg Gutfeld. Taking the media to task for their takes on Hunter Biden laptop story. I think he compares it to something else. Ooh, 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 ooh. You ain't gonna believe this shit. You remember the story we did last week? Where a woman in D.C. who was a pro-life activist was found to have five aborted fetuses in her house? Wait till you hear the Daily Wire's take on this story. You talk about spinning a fucking story. Also coming to us from the Daily Wire, a... Father, uh, I think it's in Loudoun County, the county in Virginia where there's been a, a lot of uproar at school boards. A father is facing charges because he accused a man of trying to groom children. Now, now the, the Daily Wire is taking the father's side, of course, even though he harassed someone else. We're going to talk about the uproar, the whole right-wing thing about grooming children. I'm going to point out a bill to you that shows that their concerns are bullshit. Because in Tennessee right now, they have a new bill to apparently elevate the status of a marriage between a man and a woman. Give it some kind of elevated status. And it also, it removes the age of consent. The Tennessee GOP has put forward a bill that would eliminate the age of consent. And they are calling us Groomers. Speaking of groomers, Congressman Matt Gates got into it today on the floor of the House with the Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin 
over over whether the military was doing enough to support Ukraine or if they were more concerned with wokeness. I shit you not. We're going to hear from Representative Adam Kinzinger, who is slamming fellow Republicans who are doing Putin's bidding. We're going to talk about the age of neoliberalism and how many people thought the death knell was coming due to the pandemic, but it is still alive and kicking. We're going to look at several examples of this, such as Howard Schultz coming back to be CEO of Starbucks, giving a union-busting speech. We're going to look at everything that Amazon did to try to stop the union from forming. We're going to look at how... Liberal cities are treating homeless encampments. And uh, speaking of neoliberals, former President Barack Obama was at the White House earlier today. Oh, oh, plus plus we're going to hear Representative Madison Cawthorn, the orgy guy, talk about tallywhackers. So, fun night, fun night. By the way, by the way, tonight is our first night. We are broadcasting on Twitch tonight. Look, look, look. We're, I mean, not Twitch. I'm sorry, Twitter, Twitter. We're on Twitter for the first time tonight. I thought we were also going to be on Telegram, but I apparently didn't set it up correctly. But who wants to be on Telegram, right? Steven Crowder tweeting out, do you think Elon Musk will unban people? Huh. I uh, I wonder, is there somebody that Elon Musk could unban on Twitter? Is there somebody that needs to be unbanned on Twitter? I don't know. Like, your account is suspended and not permitted to perform this action. Huh. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know anything about this being banned on Twitter. Who, who gets banned on Twitter? Apparently it's just the right wingers. President Biden today bans the federal efforts to understand and treat long COVID. Sparkles is barking at us. Not unusual. Researchers believe that as many as 23 million Americans continue to suffer from long COVID symptoms, which include chronic pain, persistent dizziness, and memory loss. Joe Biden issued a presidential memorandum on Tuesday to accelerate research efforts by the federal government into the causes and treatment of long COVID, a condition doctors say remains a medical mystery as it affects millions of Americans more than two years into the pandemic. Biden's memorandum will direct Health and Human Services Secretary Xavier Becerra to coordinate a new research effort across the federal government focused on prevention, diagnose, prevention, prevent, prevention of long COVID. Really, an effort across the federal government focused on prevention. Wouldn't that require preventing people getting COVID in the first place? Which it seems like we have just given up on completely here in the United States. Sorry, I got a little hung up on the word prevention there. On the prevention, diagnosis, treatment, and support for those experiencing prolonged COVID symptoms, as well as mental health and substance abuse related to the pandemic and COVID-related losses. 
the White House said. Long COVID is real and there is still so much we don't know about it, Becerra told reporters on Tuesday. Millions of Americans may be struggling with lingering health effects ranging from things that are easier to notice like trouble breathing or irregular heartbeats to less apparent but potentially serious conditions related to the brain or mental health. Oh, fuck. Wow, RB. What the, what the fuck did they want? Biden also extending the federal student loan pause to August. As Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez pointed out on Twitter, just fucking cancel it. The, the anxiety of people thinking that they were going to have to start back payments in May, they've probably put off healthcare decisions, maybe put off purchases of a new car that they might need. Because they thought they were going to have to restart payments in May. Now been extended through August. Just fucking cancel it. Cancel student debt. The Biden administration will enact another extension of the pandemic payment pause related to federally backed student loans through the end of August. The extension was first reported by Politico and a U.S. official confirmed the plans to the Associated Press. The Education Department did not respond to a request for comment. The pause is currently set to expire after May 1st, after being enacted by former President Donald Trump amid the coronavirus pandemic in March of 2020, and extended multiple times by President Biden. Democrats are urging the President to both extend and uh, extend the pause through 2022 and cancel some debt through executive action. No, no, cancel all of it. The actually, the the good Democrats are demanding that he cancel all of it. He has the power and that would be a huge boon going into the midterm election because you're going to have to turn out the millennials if you want to win, if you want to retain the House and the Senate. You're going to have to turn out the millennials and what a great way to do that. President Barack Obama back in the White House for the first time since leaving office. We got a socks up here on the desk. What, buddy? You come to say hi? You gonna lay down here with me? Hey, buddy. President Barack Obama made a trip to the White House today. His first time back in the White House since leaving office. He was there to tout the Affordable Affordable Care Act. Now, my great privilege to introduce the 46th President of the United States, Joe Biden. Let's be honest. The Affordable Care Act has been no malarkey. But Obamacare is the most fitting. (laughs) Obamacare. No, no, sir. No, 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 no. Private giveaway. 
giveaway to private health insurance is is the best description for the Affordable Care Act. The bottom line is this. The Affordable Care Act is stronger now than it has ever been. And today... The fuck is he smoking? The fuck is he smoking? The premiums this year were outlandish. Everyone I know that attempted to purchase a plan from the marketplace said, uh-uh, can't do that. Today, we're strengthened even further. In a moment, I'm going to sign an executive order. Uh, he's just over here hanging out. I don't know what his deal is. signed last year. It directs federal agencies to continue doing everything in their power, everything in their power to expand quality and affordable health care coverage, making it easier for people to enroll in and keep their coverage, helping people better understand their coverage options, and to pick, to be able to pick the best the, option. The plan was based off of Mitt Romney's plan when he was the, the governor of, uh, what, Maryland? Uh, no, Massachusetts, Massachusetts, I'm sorry. One of those M states. Might have been Montana. And folks, and separately, it's time to fix what... Moving to Montana soon. We refer to as the family glitch. Now, the family glitch, all everybody in this room probably knows what it is. (laughs) But it's a common issue facing 5 million Americans who can't get financial help to get coverage under the Affordable Care Act. Here's the problem. Under the current rules, a working mom is told as long as she can afford employer-based coverage for herself. Yeah, like his, his dad had like a compound, like a Mormon compound down in Mexico or some to shit. afford coverage for her family. Cover her, but not her family. We're working to change that. Once today's proposed rule is finalized, starting next year, working families in America will get the help they need to afford full family coverage. Everyone in the family. <laughs> I'm going to Sorry, I'm skeptical. And Barack, let me remind you, it's a hot mic. <laughs> I don't think Obama is the one that we have to be worried about having a hot mic, Joe Biden. Obama is the Rick Steiner of this relationship. You, sir, are the Scott Steiner. High enough for this shit. Neoliberal nonsense. I'm going to be reading from Jacobin Magazine. (laughs) Just smile and clap, Ms. Vice President. In the the Biden era, neoliberalism is alive and kicking. I I love that they have a picture of Biden with Pete Buttigieg. Past few years have seen widespread speculation about the death of neoliberalism and the restoration of the state to a larger role in society, but the evidence isn't there. Instead, market-based approaches are redefining themselves in uh, or for a new era. 
Once again, this is from Jacobin Magazine. Since the beginning of the pandemic, commentators from across the political spectrum uh, have suggested that neoliberalism is on its last legs, yet it has proven to be a resilient political and economic ideology in past crises, capable of adjusting to continue the form of capitalist governments originally forged in the 1970s. This interview, originally recorded for the podcast of the University of Pennsylvania's Andrea Mitchell Center for the Study of Democracy, Raphael Kachertarian sat down with us. See, I didn't, I didn't look at the article to, to see that it was an interview. Can we hear a little piece of it? It's a 52-minute interview. Uh, reports of neoliberalism's death are greatly exaggerated. If you guys would like to listen to the podcast, I'm going to link it here. And that's me falling victim to the fact that I don't read this shit before I actually get on the air. We give you some examples of what neoliberalism is doing in a neighborhood near you. The sweeps of homeless encampments... Liberal cities wage war on its poorest residents. New York's Eric Adams became the latest mayor to clear out the unhoused, a cruel reminder of how the liberal establishment fails the neediest. This is from The Intercept. It was published yesterday. From New York City to Los Angeles, Portland, Oregon, and Washington, D.C., a growing list of major cities across the country are escalating a brutal war on their poorest denizens. No policy makes this clearer than the recent and aggressive sweeps of homeless encampments nationwide without any serious option for safe, long-term shelter, let alone permanent housing. In New York City alone, Mayor Eric Adams in March ordered the clearance of hundreds of homeless encampments. He recently announced that 234 of the 244 sites had been removed. I'm sorry, 239 of the 244 sites have been removed primarily in Manhattan. With hardly any notice, dozens and dozens of unhoused people saw their tents, mattresses, and makeshift shelters swept into garbage trucks. Now imagine being somebody who who your entire earthly possessions are there with you on the street and they are swept into a fucking garbage truck. Mayor's claim that these sweeps are about moving individuals into safe shelter was immediately beliled by the fact that only five people whose encampments were destroyed have accepted a shelter bed. In Seattle, after a weeks-long standoff between police and activists attempting to protect a homeless encampment, cops cleared the space on March 2nd. Los Angeles has seen multiple sites where the unhoused erected temporary shelters swept away this year in militarized raids. Dozens of encampments have been cleared in Portland. According to the National Coalition for the Homeless, at least 65 U.S. cities are criminalizing or sweeping encampments. Many of the major cities carrying out sweeps are under Democratic leadership. A grim reminder that necropolitical population management is a bipartisan approach. They have a lot of targets and victims in their war. Over half a million people across the U.S. experience homelessness on any given night. While a number of politicians from Democratic Party's left flank, including New York State Senator Julia Salazar and New York City Council Member Jennifer Gutierrez, have criticized the violent displacement of unhoused communities, the liberal establishment continues to pledge allegiance to market forces. 
Meanwhile, policies that criminalize poverty, from the war on drugs to the penalization of panhandling, create a steady flow of bodies into the glutted prison industrial complex, creating a near inescapable cycle of immiseration and incarceration. Neoliberal order is also making it as difficult as they can to unionize and fight back against their policies. This is apparently now the third time CEO of Starbucks, Howard Schultz. Speaking to, uh, I guess, I guess this is upper management. It doesn't say exactly who the conference is with. I would assume this is like the upper management of Starbucks. Okay, let me give you another tidbit. I shouldn't say this, but what the This says the partner open forum with Howard Schultz. Uh, Okay. Uh, I'm not a digital native, obviously. Raise your hand if you're a digital native. That's not a very strong hand. (laughs) Who's a digital native? No one? Adam Broadman's a digital native. Okay. How many people have followed what has been happening with NFTs? Wow. How many people have participated in investing in NFTs? How have you done? Well, hey, guys, have you heard about NFTs? Okay, for now. Okay. So if you look at, I try to be a student with all this, not being a digital native. If you look at the companies, the brands, the celebrities, the influencers that are trying to create a digital NFT platform and business, I can't find one of them. A whole bunch of scammers. Treasure trove of assets that Starbucks has, from collectibles to the entire heritage of the company. So. What? Here's the secret. Sir, do you know what an NFT is? What what in the fuck? What in the fuck does Starbucks have in, in their collection? You offer an NFT for me. Yes, I was doing butters from the, the COVID special. <laughs> Sometime before... I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Vic, uh, uh, Vic Chaos. I'm Vic Chaos. <laughs> oh, my God. If you guys haven't seen that. So they, they tease butters, like, through the, the whole, like, first part of the code i don't like it was split into two or three parts i can't even remember but like where they're they're in the future they tease butters they keep calling him uh victor chouse victor chouse not chouse it's chaos you get that at the end of of one uh one of the specials and then like halfway through you meet butters and then the second special Oh, oh, he can talk you into he can talk you into investing in NFTs. <laughs> oh fuck. Yes, I I enjoyed it. <laughs>
before the end of this calendar year, we are going to be in the NFT business. Okay? It's like fucking Applebee's. You can, you can sell Denny's Applebee's Max. You can sell NFTs to your customers. God, all of this is stupid. All of this is stupid. I've looked into trying to, to make some of my designs NFTs. Supposedly, I'm supposed to be able to uh, put an NFT up on the, 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 the freak store, but I don't, I don't know how to make it happen. Oh, God. Speaking of unions, you may have heard the big news about Amazon last week. The Staten Island Amazon Amazon Drive succeeded. The one in Bessemer doesn't look like it is going to succeed. It's just a transparent PNG. Surely somebody's already done that. Amazon workers were able to successfully institute a union at the Staten Island uh, Fulfillment Center. But it, it wasn't from a lack of effort on Amazon's part to stop them. And this is a piece by The Intercept. Staten Island employs over 8,000 workers. In late March, workers there voted on whether or not to form a union. The workers' demands include higher wages, longer break times, and safer work conditions. We want people to have $30 an hour. We want people to have better break times and eating periods. Data published by the New York Times, OSHA, and the Bureau of Labor Statistics show the warehouse has an extremely high worker turnover rate and an injury rate three times higher than the national average. When you look at the pointless, avoidable deaths that happened during the pandemic, there are people who the outcome of this election is life or death. But Amazon went to great lengths to ensure a no vote. Amazon plastered the inside of the warehouse with anti-union posters, and workers accused management of removing union material from break rooms. Sorry, I was just wondering what you have right here. It is illegal to take down union literature when it's in a break room. Two founding members of the union, fired by Amazon in 2020 under questionable circumstances, were unable to vote. Chris Smalls. Last year I was fired, wrongfully terminated for holding the protest. And Gerald Bryson. We see the paperwork now. We know what they said. So why am I jobless? It's not just, is the ALU going to be able to survive for another election if this one is illegally messed with by Amazon? But what's going to happen if the federal enforcement agency is unable to actually enforce federal law under the National Labor Relations Act? What rights is anyone going to have? The organizing that that was the um, against accusation against them in Bessemer. In March, that's why they held a new election. To ask them, what do they intend to do to make that place safe for us? And all we could get was, oh, we'll get back to you. This proceeded from there to where we started to strike. You know, this is when we started to protest. Internal Amazon communications from court proceedings obtained by the Intercept show that the company knew about the protest days before it happened and that Smalls and Bryson were on a list of people expected to participate. What's keeping people from coming out the building? These people got bills to pay. Communications show that four days before the protest, an HR manager and her associate 
We're already discussing the fact that Smalls would be fired after the protest and worried about the perception of retaliation for his termination. Smalls was then notified he was in close contact with an infected worker and ordered to quarantine. I'm quarantined, but why they quarantine me and not my people? Smalls was fired a few hours later. Amazon to our request for comment stating, we terminated Mr. Smalls for putting the health and safety of others at risk and violations of terms of his employment. Basically, after that, we were protesting. They fired Chris for the first week, and uh, I took more of a leading role the second week. A few days later, while legally protesting in the parking lot, Gerald Bryson was fired for an altercation that was captured in this video. The video shows a fellow worker who came outside to smoke and initiates the argument with Bryson. Ain't gonna shut it down. It's the only fucking job open, so appreciate it. The exchange, which lasts about five minutes, has Bryson trading insults with the other worker. Your mother's on <laughs> Go back to the Bronx. I'm from right here. I'm sorry. Sorry, gutter bitch. Just like your mama. You want to bring it? I'll bring it. I'm out here for you because you can't fight for yourself. The altercation happens. She goes back inside, and almost immediately, Amazon management springs into action to gather evidence about the altercation, starting with a statement from the woman herself. They said I called her a nigger and a cunt. And if I would've called her, they would've called her a bitch. I ain't gonna call her a nigger. She's a little white girl. Like, come on, stupid. <laughs> ...confirms that Bryson did not use those specific slurs. Bryson wow. for vulgar language, and the other worker was only given a written warning. If they'd fired her too, I don't know if we'd be here right now, right? But the fact that they didn't means that the reason they fired Gerald is because he was protesting. Not because he called her a bitch. It's because he was protesting. An Amazon spokesperson acknowledged the Intercept's request for comment on Bryson's termination, but did not provide a direct answer. He was a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, we know what they said, and it didn't happen. When you look at the film, the other, it didn't happen. So why am I jobless? The reason they fired Chris is because he had the audacity to tell Amazon they needed to protect their workers. When they fired up that anti-union machine and fired Chris, that was the exact same machine that was churning along when they fired Gerald. The National Labor Relations Board took up Bryson's case in June 2020. The government agency believes that he was wrongfully terminated and that he should be reinstated at work and Amazon notify all workers at the JFK 8 warehouse of his wrongful termination and reinstatement. I'm guessing Amazon isn't going to do that. Over the course of the next two years, Chris Smalls and Gerald Bryson, along with several other workers at the JFK 8 warehouse, worked to organize the early stages of a new union now referred to as the Amazon Labor Union, or ALU, and were granted a union election by the NLRB. In response to the union activity, Amazon ramped up their union-busting efforts. Video by workers inside the warehouse reveals the extent of Amazon's union-busting campaign. Another video shows so-called captive. Hold on, hold on. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go back and see what that poster said. The, these say we're in the know. 
You vote no. If you are in the no, vote no. Is union life for me? Dues deducted from your paycheck. No guarantees on pay, benefits, or work rules. That's weird. No guarantees on pay, benefits, or work rules? Uh, that's, that's not true. Typically must go through union instead of your supervisor or manager. Another that's probably a good thing. So-called captive audience meetings held by consultants Amazon has hired, which workers are required to attend. When I receive their feedback and when I hear what the union is saying, I am concerned that the AOU's interests do not align with you. Oh, I bet you are. Yes. Amazon has not disclosed how much <laughs> they spent on union busting, but forms filed with the Office of Labor Management give us an idea of how much they're spending on captive audience meetings alone. One oh, month. I bet it's in the millions. And, and that should tell that should tell you how much of a worker's labor they are stealing. The worth of the worker's labor they are stealing. If they will spend a million fucking dollars to try to stop a union. Inside the warehouse. We met Smalls outside to interview him when he was approached by building management. Like some stunt to get back. What's I'm up, man? To ask anyone who is not an Amazon employee to please uh, leave the property. About 10 minutes later, police arrived and arrested Smalls for trespassing. An Amazon spokesperson responded to the Intercept's request for comment on Smalls' arrest, stating, Mr. Smalls, who is not employed by Amazon, has repeatedly trespassed despite multiple warnings. When police officers asked Mr. Smalls to leave, he instead chose to escalate the situation, and the police made their own decision on how to respond. The union argued... Oh, they made their own decision. ...should be allowed outside the building as... By the way, speaking of... Unions, you know who has a really strong union and it's almost impossible to get them fired? Fucking cops. Why, why, you guys have a union, why aren't you standing with fellow workers, huh? ...as a visitor to help organize, and that calling the police was an aggressive union-busting tactic. Yep. One week before the election, and nearly two years after his termination, Bryson has not been allowed to return to work, despite the National Labor Relations Board finding Amazon wrongfully terminated him. Where is the federal government? His return. There's no reason for me to be standing here with no job or no money, Acca uh, bank accounts exhausted. You know, I'm a single father. I had a little $39,000 a year salary, two years. They still refuse to pay me. All praise is due to the National Labor Relations Board. They fought for this. And yes, I'm going to have a chance. Hopefully, I will be in there to vote along with, you know, my fellow laborers. Amazon continued to delay the ruling on Bryson's return to work by requesting more time in discovery. Time is a weapon that Amazon is using against its worker organizers. And the longer that Gerald goes without work, the harder it's going to be for anybody else to have the courage to stand up and say, hey, what you're doing yep. is wrong. Protect us. Protect us from the pandemic. Protect us from harassment, discrimination. Bryson was not reinstated before the election. I'm lost, I'm lost, and I, I will find you, I'm lost. I'll figure it out. 
On April 1st, 2022, the election results were announced. The final vote count was 2,654 yes and 2,131 no, marking a historic victory for organized labor. I can't even believe it was that close. I don't understand how people don't stand with their fellow workers. It's a worldwide situation. He got some of that bubbly. There's Amazons throughout the world, and, and there's labor movements throughout the world, and there's people in the same situation as us right here. This gives everybody hope. If one can be, if Amazon, the number one could be beat, anybody can be beat. Goddamn right, and that's the reason why they're fighting it so fucking hard. Just to remind everybody, in case you weren't aware, just having one company... Just having one company in your area that is unionized will lift the wages for everybody else in the area. That is a fact. A fact. Move on to the political catfights here. Kensinger slams Republican colleagues for showing Putin sympathy. This is Representative Adam Kinzinger, who will not be in Congress come this time next year. So I'm back in D.C., and what a historic time, obviously. You know, I look at this, and I, and, I mean, I, I'm in here looking at a minority leader, Kevin McCarthy, who hasn't really said a word about his members that have shown Putin sympathy. I, I never could have imagined my party would not. Oh, but he lost. But he lost faith in Madison Cawthorn for exposing the sixty-year-olds going to the fucking coke orgies. Not just even have somebody that's showing Putin's sympathy, but would not vomit them out if they rose their ugly head. You know, we have people like Tucker Carlson, in essence, just asking questions. That's his thing. You know, about whether or not the CIA did, you know, frame all these atrocities we're seeing in Ukraine. And then the latest outrage of the day is some woke thing on Disney or whatever it is. You know, Dr. Seuss we've moved on from. I got to tell you, we've got a bunch of children in this job. We've got a bunch of people that sit around. The world order is being challenged for the first time since World War II. And they're sitting around thinking today about how we can win our next election, what the newest outrage is, what's the next thing we can do to get people angry and upset and get their money. Fighting wokeism. We are being governed by a bunch of children, by a bunch of people that are not serious about running the United States of America and truly don't understand the threat that's out there from Vladimir Putin, from China, and from some of these actors in the world that want to destroy our place here. I mean, there is a genocide going on in Ukraine, and the outrage is over what's happening in Walt Disney. You guys deserve way better. There's a few different genocides going on in the world. Here in a year, because I'm just being surrounded by a bunch of children. So let's grow up. And I hope my party can finally remember where our foundations are and actually say that we're not going to be Putin sympathetic anymore. Wishful thinking. Let's hear from a couple of the children that he's talking about. And this might be one of the people that he's taking shots at of being on the side of Putin. For five minutes. Secretary Austin. Republican Congressman Matt Gates, who I have no clue how he is still in Congress. 
allegations of child sex trafficking against the Florida congressman. Austin, why should American taxpayers fund lectures at the National Defense University that promote socialism as a strategy to combat China? I'm guessing that that's not a thing. It's, uh, it's the National Defense University is an academic insti- uh, uh, institution, and I don't know of any, uh, of any such lecture. But, well, that's uh, surprising yeah. because it was widely reported. The National Defense University had Thomas Piketty come, and this was the title of his lecture, Responding to China, the Case for Global Justice and Democratic Socialism. So now that you know that they did this, Would you agree that embracing socialism is not an effective strategy to combat China? Uh, Well, I I certainly don't uh, agree with embracing socialism. I think so. That uh, means I'm sorry. We're not going to do this. We're not going to let the guy say four words and still talk and then cut him off. We're just not. I control the time, Mr. Chairman. Yeah, but you also have to be fair to the witnesses. No, but I got the answer I wanted. I have a follow-up. My my follow-up question is: is If fucking asshole don't embrace it, then I guess why did the National Defense University put out a statement? Again, this is funded by U.S. taxpayers saying in this talk, Mr. Piketty will argue that the right answer lies in ending Western arrogance and promoting a new emancipatory and egalitarian horizon on a global scale, a new form of democratic and participatory, ecological and post-colonial socialism. So why would we invite people we don't agree with? He's talking about a guest lecturer who is giving a different perspective, Matt Gates. Are you for cancel culture? Do you not want to let people speak? Have free speech? Just because you find a word fucking scary, you stupid fuck? To evangelize views and values that we don't share at the National Defense University when we should be learning strategy about how to combat our enemies and make assessments that are accurate. And we do uh, uh, learn a lot about strategy and about uh, about the military and about uh, joint force development. Uh, and so that is our focus in these uh, uh, in these uh, institutions. I don't know what the what the context of this particular uh, or content of this particular well, 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 speech Mr. was. Se- Mr. But, Secretary, so I, I've I shared with you the context. The context wasn't better understand socialism so we can defeat it. The context wasn't learn about it so that we can offer countermeasures. The concept was that it's time for socialism. And the reason I know... Yes, it is. It is. Because the lecture was pulled from a book written by Thomas Piketty entitled Time for Socialism. And I, and I just can't help but like notice... And so your you guys question been, was whether no, or not we... I control the time. Your, your question you guys have been blowing a lot of calls socialism. lately on the matters of no. strategy, Mr. Secretary. You guys told us that Russia couldn't lose. You told us that the Taliban couldn't immediately win. And so I guess I'm wondering, what in the $773 billion that you're requesting today is going to help help you make assessments that are accurate in the face of so many blown calls. Are you going to let him answer? You've seen what's in our budget. You've seen how the budget matches the strategy. And so I'll let that speak for itself. Well, I mean, I've also seen that we're behind, Mr. Secretary. We're behind in hypersonics. We failed to deter Russia. Last year, so what do you, what do you, what do you mean we're behind in hypersonics? How, how do you... Okay, how do you, who do you, who's ahead in hypersonics? How, how do you... How do you, how do you how do you make that assessment? I don't know. How, is, may, is I make that assessment one? because is China is yielding hypersonic weapons. He makes that assessment by watching Fox News and listening to what political points they want him to push. 
weapon systems, and we are still developing them. Are I make that assessment because Russia actually used one. Of By the way, your own people brief us that we are behind and that China is winning. Are, are you aware of the briefings we get on hypersonics? I am certainly aware of briefings that we provide to, to Congress. But it, it's not just the hypersonic. It's all over the world. It's in Taiwan, where China last year flew more sorties than ever before. It's North Korea on pace to shatter prior records, the number of missiles that they, that they are testing. And so while everyone else in the world seems to be developing capabilities and being more strategic, we got time to embrace critical race theory at West Point, to embrace socialism at the National Defense University, to do mandatory pronoun training. Do you it's, assess... You know, it's, it's, again, this is the most capable, the most combat-credible force in the world. It has been, and it will be so uh, going forward. Not if this we continue down this path. To do that. Not if we embrace socialism. The, the fact that you're embarrassed by your by your country. By oh your no, no no! Country, I'm embarrassed by I'm, your leadership. I'm sorry for I am that. not embarrassed for my. First of all, first of all, like the military itself is a more socialistic entity. You know, we, like we rely heavily on defense contractors. It's a whole military-industrial complex bullshit. But the military itself is is a more communistic. Uh, organization in and of itself, Matt Gates. But you don't fucking know that. You don't know. You don't even know what socialism fucking means. Country. I wish it's we were not we're losing saying. to China. It's I what wish you're we saying. Were, you know what? The that's you know that is so th- that is so disgraceful that you would sit here and conflate your failures with the failures of the uniformed service members. You guys said that that Russia would overrun Ukraine. And th- whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> Lloyd Austin is. A, 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 a member of the armed services. He served for years. So, like, this this little pipsqueak out here, you know, this is supposedly the party that respects the military. This little asshole out here fucking talking down to the defense secretary. Taliban would be kept at bay for months. You totally blew those calls. And maybe we would be better at them if the National Defense University actually worked a little more on strategy and a little less on wokeism. Has it occurred to you that Russia has not overrun Ukraine because of what we've done and our allies have done? But that was baked into your flawed assessment. That was baked into your flawed assessment. And so I saw that the Obama administration tried to destroy our military by starving it of resources. And it seems the Biden administration is trying to destroy our military by force-feeding it wokeism. I yield back. By starving it of resources, we continued to feed the military beast. The budgets kept getting bigger, bigger, bigger. I don't know how you starve the military of resources, Matt Gates. Uh, conservative Bukake Theater. Uh, here, you want to talk about Bukake Theater? That's a good transition to Madison Cawthorn talking about tallywhackers on the floor of the house. The left has ripped away the pen of truth from the author of life. They've exchanged natural science for a party platform and declared... From the, from the author of life. The left has ripped away the pen of truth from the author of life. They've exchanged <laughs> natural science for a party platform and declared... We ripped away the pen of truth from the author of life. We ripped away the pen of truth from the author of life. We are incredibly fucking powerful. War on biology. Your left-wing movement is forcing children to endure radical expressions of sexuality. 
And yet, you can't even define what a woman is. You might amend a bill, but you'll never amend biology. Science is... Sir, biologists don't agree with you. Biologists have written extensively about how the question of what is a woman is incredibly difficult to answer. Do you think we're stupid? You think we're fools? This is not Burger King. You can't just have it your way. I am the youngest member of the House of Representatives. And I never imagined that one of my sacred duties in this hallowed chamber would be explaining to the House Speaker the difference between a man and a woman. Take notes, Madam Speaker. I'm about to define what a woman is for you. XX chromosomes, no tally whacker. It's so simple. At least he threw in the no tallywhacker thing, because there can be people with XX chromosomes that indeed have a tallywhacker. That's the reason why it is complicated. Stupid fuck. He represents Asheville. Asheville is such an awesome city. Sex chromosomes, no tallywhacker. It's so simple. And yet today, this proclamation of fundamental scientific fact will cause the woke liberals in Silicon Valley to strip you of your voice and ban you. But you are wrong, you stupid fuck. Patriots like Charlie Kirk and Tucker Carlson have been muzzled on Twitter. (laughs) Patriots like Charlie Kirk and Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson, who is on the side of Russia... Charlie Kirk, who is uh, one of the organizers of the attack on the Capitol on January the 6th, they are the opposite of patriots, you piece of shit. You are not a patriot. And by the way, that is virtual virtue signaling. Calling yourself a patriot is virtue signaling. You live in sexual anarchy? Fucking Madison Cawthorn wishes he lived in sexual anarchy. Twitter. For promoting the dangerous and bigoted ideology called science. Madam Speaker, you and your party are living a lie. The Babylon Bee is a more reliable source of fact than you. Perhaps. All the Babylon Bee does is tell the same joke over and over and over again. They've done it so much, they have a video of them making a joke about how every one of their articles is just the same joke over and over again. Perhaps it will click when you hand the gavel to Republicans and realize that truth is king. It reigns with the American Speaker. And you, Madam Speaker, never will again. With that, I yield back. Jesus Christ. Right-wingers are absolute morons. Here's another one for you. Tulsi fucking Gabbard is a right winger. You may have seen in the news recently, or you may be a parent who's experienced how parental rights are under attack all across the country as the government tries to usurp parents' rights and responsibility to raise their own children. Now, we should all support the parental rights and education bill that recently passed in Florida, which very simply... Good Lord, no! ...schools from indoctrinating woke sexual values in our schools to a captive audience, a captive audience that is by law required to attend. 
But as I read the legislation, I got to tell you, I was shocked to learn that it only protects kids from kindergarten till third grade. Third grade? What about 12th grade? It actually doesn't. It has specific language about age-appropriate instruction, which is very vague and open to interpretation. Or not at all. Now, government has no place in our personal lives. Government has no place in our bedrooms. Parents are the ones responsible for raising their kids and instilling in them a moral foundation, not the government. Now, the reality that we're facing in this country is our schools are failing. Nationally, 34% of students are below basic reading level in the fourth grade. 25% of high school graduates are functionally... Hey, Tulsi, those numbers seem to map to red areas. You know that, right? Like, I live in the reddest state in the country. We rank last in education. Or next to last. It fluctuates. We trade back and forth with Louisiana. If you are worried about instruction in high schools, apparently we should do what they do in the blue areas. Not that they don't have their own problems. Illiterate. Now, I'm confident that if our school is focused on educating our kids, teaching them the fundamentals, things like English, math, science, civics, history, we would see our literacy rates improve and set our young people up for success. They'll be thinking logically, thinking critically, and thinking for themselves. This is what our public schools should focus on. I hate it when they use the words logic and critical thinking. Logic is a formal set of rules. I absolutely, I believe that like eighth graders should be introduced to Aristotelian logic. Absolutely. A little baby logic by fucking uh, your senior year. You should like have a crash course on the fallacies. You should be discussing the existence of God and shit. I want philosophy to be inserted more into uh, schools. I have a feeling people like Tulsi Gabbard aren't for that. They don't actually want to teach people to critically think. Because if you could critically think, you could see that the parental rights and education bill is bullshit when, like, uh, just a couple of states over, the GOP in Tennessee is proposing a bill that would eliminate age requirements for marriages. By the way, there are still many states in this country where child marriage is legal. An appalling number, but for some reason, it's always the GOP opposing getting rid of these laws. Proposal making its way through the Tennessee legislature that would establish a common law marriage between one man and one woman. Opponents of the bill say that it would eliminate an age requirement, opening the door for a cover-up of child sex abuse. The bill's sponsor, Tom Leatherwood, a Republican from Arlington, says the law being considered would add a new marriage option for Tennesseans. So all this bill does is give an alternative form of marriage for those pastors and other individuals who have a conscientious accept objection to the current pathway to marriage in our law. What the fuck are you talking about? 
Missing from the bill are age requirements, opening the door for possible child marriages, something the bill sponsor acknowledged during a Children and Family Affairs subcommittee. There is not an explicit age limit, Leatherwood said. Representative Mike Stewart, a Democrat of Nashville who sits on the subcommittee the bill was passed out of, said he doesn't understand the motivation. I don't think any normal person thinks we shouldn't have an age requirement for marriage. He added it could open up the possibility to cover up child sex abuse. It should not be there as it's basically a get-out-of-jail-free card for people who are basically committing statutory rape. I mean, it's completely ridiculous, so that's another reason why this terrible bill should be eliminated. Yeah, yeah, a separate but equal marriage. No, no, no. It's actually actually elevating above the rank of, of gay marriage. Uh, sexual anarchy, that's the purpose. You live in sexual anarchy? The Sexual Assault Center of Middle Tennessee released the following statement. The Sexual Assault Center does not believe the age of consent for marriage should be any younger than it already is. It makes children more vulnerable to coercion and manipulation from predators, sexual and other. According to UNICEF, between 2000 and 2018, 300,000 girls and boys were married before 18 in the United States. 300,000! In the 18 years between 2000 and 2018, under current Tennessee law, you can get married as young as 17 with parental consent. But hey, God, we're the groomers. We're the groomers. If you want, if you want to teach children, and like the instruction in K through third grade is not any kind of like overtly sexual instruction that that they're teaching children anyway. It's about what is a good touch and what is a bad touch. How to report abuse and recognize it. That's the sort of thing that they teach children in those grades. Fuck no! 18! Oh... A dad is facing criminal charges for accusing a woke activist of grooming. Yep, yep. Uh, I'm assuming the dad here was reading shit like the Daily Wire, which is what we're reading from. And the dad got all upset about some bullshit. And accused the dude of being a groomer and uh, harassed him. A black father of a child at an elite public school is facing four class three misdemeanor charges for accusing a leftist education activist of exhibiting grooming behavior. Yeah, you can't just say that about people. The charges stem from a dispute over education policy between parent Harry Jackson who the Daily Wire is going to talk up. Apparently, he's an he's an American hero. Former naval intelligence officer whose child attends Thomas Jefferson High School for Science and Technology in Fairfax County, Virginia. And Jorge Torico, a member of the TJ Alumni Action Group, which was advocating for abolishing an entrance exam at, to the school at the time. 
The tweet was written in November of 2020 after Torico attended an online TJPTSA meeting despite not having a child at the school. The Daily Wire threw that in, but he was part of an alumni action group. So, yeah. Yeah, him not... If you have a problem with people not having a child in the school, getting up and talking, perhaps you should... uh, Perhaps you should talk to your uh, co-worker, Matt Walsh, who did exactly that. So wild. But this guy is actually an alumni of the school and is part of a group that advocates for changes at the school. So the fact that he doesn't have a child there isn't that weird. Matt Walsh not having a child where he was giving a speech about wokeism is kind of weird. He interacted with the student government president, a high school senior. Torco asked the student leader about outreach he was doing for a middle school leadership event. In the chat, Torco wrote, outreach is very key for equity. The student president asked Torco for his email. The next day, Jackson, a high school football and lacrosse referee, wrote on Twitter, it was very disturbing seeing you exhibit grooming behavior. I do work with children and I get background checks. I suggest you do the same because last night was creepy. Even if taken at face value about what Torico did, it is clearly not any kind of grooming. TJ Principal Anna Bonatabadus also expressed concerns about Torico's interaction with the student. In a November 23rd email, the original question that was posed by the parent about selection for the leadership summit would have been best addressed to a middle school principal, not our SGA students. An exchange such as what happened on the Zoom meeting, while all within the public eye is proof positive why FCPS has clear guidelines for which platforms are used for adults to interact with students. Orico did not immediately return a request for comment filed through the TJ Alumni Action Group. The charges come even as Fairfax County Prosecutor Steve Descano, a progressive who narrowly won his primary election with the help of funding from George Soros, has pledged not to prosecute minor crimes that disproportionately hurt people of color and routinely declines to pursue crimes he he deems as minor. Last month, Descano's office left off a woman who allegedly violently abused an infant. On March 18th, the office told the judge it would not pursue the woman because there are no ACA prosecutors available for a four-day jury trial beginning on March 21st, 2022. Descano did not immediately return a Daily Wire request for comment. We just talked about that one, Mazumi. Fairfax's all-Democrat school board ultimately abolished the entrance test in early 2021. Jackson and other parents, through a group called Coalition for TJ, filed a lawsuit alleging that the move was illegal and discriminated against Asians. Orco and the TJ Alumni Action Group supported the school board. Magistrate Richard M. Miller issued two misdemeanor summons against Jackson, citing Section 18.2, an obscure law enacted in 1950, making it illegal to slander and libel the chastity of a woman. (laughs) That sounds like a law that the Daily Wire would be all about. In the 1970s, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled against the criminalization of speech protected by the First Amendment, but the Virginia statute has remained in code in 2020. 
the Democrat-controlled Virginia legislature changed the language to make it illegal to express words derogatory about a person's character for virtue and chastity instead of a female's character. So the dude broke the law. Someone said Jackson's words could break the law by being insults that tend to violence and breach of the peace. Or is just slander. Jackson's attorney argued that amounted to the criminalization of protected writings or statements, First Amendment speech, ignoring the face-to-face fighting words requirement of constitutionally permissible uh, criminalization. You can't just go out and call somebody a groomer, dude. I know right-wingers are, are loving this and are doing it constantly because I've been called a groomer, but uh, that's a very serious accusation. The insane spin from the Daily Wire. Let's see it again. Let's see it again. This is spin that the Daily Wire is putting on the story of a pro-life activist that was caught with five aborted fetuses. Notice the way the the story is framed. Notice uh, what Daily Wire has to say. Five aborted fetuses. A leading pro-life group is demanding that Washington, D.C. authorities investigate and perform an autopsy on the remains of aborted babies that were recovered last week. Really? It was a leading pro-life group that was in possession of the fetuses. Call on the D.C. medical examiner to do an autopsy of these children's bodies and for federal authorities to perform a thorough, unsparing investigation and prosecute violations of the law. According to Susan B. Anthony List, President Marjorie Dennefelser. Ending abortion is the human rights battle of our time, and we hope that a just Supreme Court decision in the Dobbs case soon allows all states to take this action. Dennis Felser's comments come after reports that the D.C. medical examiner will not be performing autopsies on bodies of aborted babies that were turned into police last week. How far down into this story is it before we actually get to who was in possession of these aborted fetuses? These aborted babies were recovered by members of the progressive anti-abortion uprising and photographed last week by live action in attempts to raise awareness about the gestational age of the babies and the apparent cruelty that was used to end the babies' lives. The the aborted babies were recovered by members of the progressive anti-abortion uprising. Pro-life activists and medical professionals warn that the bodies show signs of illegal and gruesome abortion procedures, expressing fears that the bodies will be incinerated before proper autopsies can be conducted. Apparently, a whistleblower reportedly gave the aborted fetal remains to members of the PAAU, The organization said in a a statement, and a PAAU member asked D.C. police to pick up the baby bodies for forensic examination. That's how they are saying she came to be in possession of them. They have spun it to where, like, she did nothing wrong, even though, like, you know, 
she chained herself and a bunch of other people to the uh, lobby of an abortion clinic. <laughs> and that's why the police were investigating her. Police recovered the fetal remains on Wednesday in the home of 28-year-old Lauren Handy, a member of PAAU. The remains are now in the possession of the D.C. Office of the Chief Medical Examiner, which referred the Daily Wire to Mayor Muriel Bowser's office. The Daily Wire has reached out to the mayor's office for comment. D.C. police have not only said that the baby seemed to have been aborted legally, but also indicated that the only criminal part of the incident is how the aborted body uh, baby bodies were in Handy's house. The district does not have any specific law that bans abortion at any point, effectively allowing abortions through nine months of pregnancy. This is su- such a wild way to write this fucking story and make you guys out to be the good guys when it's your side that broke the fucking law that was in possession of five fucking babies. And hey, 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 Daily Wire, you think that's a person? That woman thinks it's a person? Let's give her five counts of murder. Let's see a pro-lifer argue in court that they're not actually people, they're just fetuses. Content warning. I guess I probably should have hit that before the abortion story, shouldn't I have? You're getting ready to see Greg Gutfeld. (laughs) Let's talk about Hunter Biden's laptop. Oh, yeah, and weekend. Hopefully, comedian Greg Gutfeld is going to be good for a chuckle here. And I know I did, and even better, there were no witnesses. So what happens when someone admits to wrongdoing years after the wrongdoing has been committed? For me, it was getting the menudo tattoo removed. <laughs> but I wonder, does a confession happen because the guilt became too much, or did they realize their confession no longer carries any real consequence? They get to have their cake and eat it, too. Or in Brian Stelter's case, two cakes and a bucket of corn dogs. <laughs> so easy, so cheap, but so true. I speak of this. Yes, yes, that was a cheap joke. You're making fun of him for being a little chubby. Tsunami of people now admitting the media covered up Hunter Biden's laptop. Nearly two years later, with Joe as president, people are starting to admit what we knew all along. And he's in there to, well, I'm sorry, Hunter Biden, but you are. And, you know, you made a living being a ne'er-do-well who was taking money just because you were the vice president's son and you had influence. He got, I think, four point, yes, eight million dollars from Chinese energy companies. It looks like the left wing media just buried the story because it wasn't part of their narrative. And that's why people don't trust the media. It looks like it. Or because there was like nothing to it. Even if we even if we take all the accusations at face value, what what in the fuck does Hunter Biden's laptop? What does it prove? How does it affect anything, Bill Maher or Greg Gutfeld? Somebody explain that to me. It's also like he's dare I say woke, but in a good way. Credit to Maher when he's right, he's right. Anyway, it's not just Bill. Even the Washington Post is owning up. They claim the Hunter story is an opportunity for reckoning while finally reporting on the multi-million dollar deals the president's son was making with the Chinese. And that doesn't even include the millions that he spent. Yeah, they never want to bring up the whole nepotism part that is rampant in, in fucking uh, business culture and politics. They, 
once again, getting mad at capitalism. I love the way, like, the Washington Post editorial board, uh, uh, their opinion piece here is what he's citing. The multi-million dollar deals the president's son made with a Chinese energy company. It just took a quote, like, it still doesn't even, it still doesn't even tell us that he did anything that compromises Joe Biden, that compromises national security. Like, this whole story is a nothing burger. Bet on hookers or Kung Pao chicken. If Hunter worked any harder for the Chinese, he'd spend his weekends sewing Nikes. But while the Post admits the Biden family profited from trading overseas on his name, they say it doesn't mean Joe acted corruptly. You know, it's like corrupt people can't see corruption in other people, even when it's their job to do so and tell us about it. And if his near-do-well son suddenly earning millions is something he wouldn't notice, like the growing stain on the front of his trousers... But then the Post asked the dumbest question of the year. Is it a piss stain? confirmation of a story that surfaced in the fall of 2020 emerging only now. <laughs> well, gee whiz, Post. Why don't you ask your own news bureau? The press asking why the story is only emerging now. That's like O.J. Simpson asking what happened to his ex-wife, Nicole. <laughs> or Scott Peterson putting up missing per- posters of his wife all around the neighborhood. Your hands were all over this. The Washington Post then noted that after the New York Post published the blockbuster piece, quote, Twitter blocked a story altogether, suspended the New York Post account for sharing it. Facebook downranked the story and the algorithms that governed users' news feeds. Well, thanks, guys. We already knew this. There was a disinformation campaign, all right, but the culprits... Leave OJ alone, Sparkle says. ...in Silicon Valley. But now the Washington Post and the New York Times have vouched for... Preview of this coming Friday night's Friday Night Freak Show. We have another OJ story. Apparently, he woke up and there was like a Nicole uh, look-alike in the hotel room with him. There's some kind of video of it. So, strap in for that on Friday. Many of the emails and cite the prompted allegations of a cover-up or at best a double standard in the treatment of conservative and liberal politicians by mainstream media and social media sites. Well, hello there, sleepyheads. Did you have a nice nap? <laughs> of course, WAPO then offers a lame defense, saying we'd all been unwitting tools of Russian influence. So it was only prudent to suspect of a similar plot here. But these editors weren't unwitting. They were just a bunch of tools. Because I don't remember them being prudent about those other phony plots. They were only prudent about one real one. What phony plot? With this solemn idiocy. The lesson learned from 2016... What phony plots are you talking about, Gutfeld? ...material in the heat of a political campaign. The lesson learned from 2020 may well be that there's also a danger of suppressing accurate and relevant stories. So you see what they did there? It was important to bury it then, but it's not to bury it now. Which means it's time for... Greg's Super Deluxe Double Whammy Conspiracy Theory. With 90% more conspiracy and also 40% more tinfoil with a drop of retzen. Oh, the Retson gets you. <laughs> so the media admits to the laptop now and not then. Why? Well, the Dems already got in. They won. It's like paying a small fine for behavior that earned you millions. Sure. Pay- but what about the laptop would have changed anybody's opinion, you stupid fuck? The people that give a shit about Hunter Biden's laptop were never going to vote for the Bidens to begin with. So it wasn't going to change the election. Paying it sucks, but it still means you got the millions in the first place. Although with Biden inflation, that's not worth only thousands. But could it be that the media knows indictments are coming down, so why not speed it up, get it over with? 
away from 2024 while Joe is still in power. So it's easy for him to pardon his son and maybe his brother before Joe is. Okay, RB, I have never seen Talladega Nights. I actually sat down to watch it one time. And, uh, uh, like, I had a, because this is back in the days of, of burnt DVDs, and somehow the the illegal copy I had of it that was on a burnt DVD, the chapters weren't in order. So I'm like, fuck this. I'm not going to watch this shit. And I, threw the, I threw the DVD out, and I've never went back and watched that movie. Was wheeled off on a two-wheel hand truck like Hannibal Lecter. Then the Dems can replace him with a candidate who doesn't need a cheat sheet to tell you his name and address. So they suppress to win an election that confess to win another. I wonder what Joe has to say. No, no, no. Come on, man. Look, there's no lying anymore. It's just we updated you. That's all. We said the story wasn't true. No, we say it's true. We updated it. That's all. It's like an old phone or a computer. You got to give it an update or your house. You do a makeover. You got to update it. This works great, man. Like when I uh, said that Putin needed to be... This is a horrible Joe Biden impression. Someone else came out and they said, no, they gave an update. That's not true. And then you asked me about it. I said, no, you got to go by the update. This update thing, I love it. It works great. You know what else I love? Ice cream. (laughs) Who doesn't? Hillary lost because Hillary was a horrible candidate. We knew the laptop was real, but we're punished for saying it. And not the good kind of punishment that involves a safe word. So don't buy this act of contrition. The media never admits to anything unless they're planning to do something worse. Fucking Gutfeld doesn't do any kind of fucking daddy dom shit. Shut up. Gutfeld. You live in sexual anarchy. I believe this is the first time I've ever played a clip of Jimmy Dore on the, on the Troll Patrol. I'm not I'm not a fan of Jimmy Dore at all, but now I do describe myself to people as like Jimmy Dore but smart in trying to to sell the Troll Patrol because <laughs> I I'm I'm aggressive and I have I have the the same kind of uh, tact that Dore has. But Dor is a complete fucking moron. Because, you know, right-wingers are morons. Apparently, Dor's own co-host called him out in this clip. Do you want to know what a real enforcement mechanism is? Because, you know, I I, I don't watch many YouTube shows. I I barely watch any. And when I see clips like the one, you know, that that you just showed, I'm reminded why. A real enforcement mechanism is a general strike. That's a real enforcement mechanism. A real enforcement mechanism is activists out on the streets protesting, getting uh, involved with a cause, taking back their communities, doing mutual aid work. That's a real enforcement mechanism, not somebody opining on YouTube. And if you think just because someone talks into a microphone online, it makes them an activist, that's like thinking a sports commentator is a professional athlete. Uh, and I am just so... Is, is he actually saying this to Jimmy Dore, or is he, like, speaking over Jimmy? Like, I'm not actually talking about Jimmy as I'm saying this. so tired of, you know, just this self-importance that you see. Uh, it, it's just nonsense. So you, so you want to talk real enforcement mechanisms. Look at the people shutting down the harbor out near where I live, shutting down the L.A. harbor, uh, the truckers going on strike. 
those are enforcement mechanisms. I'm not saying the truckers going on strike. The truckers going on strike. Are you full of shit? Saying the media doesn't have its place, of course, and a lot of people are using their platform for good. Some not so much, but but that's a real enforcement mechanism. If you want a, an actual answer to the question, where's the enforcement mechanism? It's in movements. It's in strikes. We don't need more people with USB microphones. We need our Eugene Debs. We need our Lucy Parsons. We need our Emma Goldmans. That was a great message for Jimmy Dore to hear. So, yeah, I, I just saw, I, I hadn't heard the clip. I saw the tweet, Dore's co-host, Ron Plassone, eviscerates Jimmy for his ego-driven politicking. Didn't sound like that was actually directed at Door though. Oh, that was partially my April Fool's joke since Plassone wasn't directly speaking of Door. But as some of you pointed out, Plassone's words apply so well to Jimmy. Lack of self-awareness here is quite revealing. Indeed. You see, I'm reading from from Twitter here. I I keep I keep tweeting at Mister Mr. Musk. He just ignores me. The heteros are upsetteros. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on here. Hey, Elon Musk, I know you're busy trying to make Twitter a better place. If you could find the time today, could you tweet out this video of me making fun of you and call me a pedo? It would really make my day. Elon, Elon, please call me a pedo. It would make my day. Did have to correct myself from my video from last night. I said Elon Musk doesn't have any power because he's not on the board. This morning we find out motherfucker's going to be on the board of Twitter. Here is Dan Bongino talking about the speculation running wild following Elon Musk's purchase of nearly 10% of Twitter. Him and Elon working on something? I don't know. I genuinely don't know. But those are two points that I haven't seen a lot of people focus on. They're talking about, oh, Elon's buying 10% of Twitter because he's going to take over Twitter. I, well, not passively, he's not. I don't know what he's up to. But One big story on the tech front that's important, by the way, that I saw break just this morning. I want to give it a little color as well. Have you heard the story about Elon Musk? Elon Musk, of course, the yeah. uh, known yeah. for Tesla. Most people know who he is. One of the richest men in the world. Known for Tesla. Known for Tesla. The company that he purchased the right to call himself the founder of. He's been largely libertarian on a lot of issues. So this broke. I saw this on The Verge this morning. He's Even been largely a dumb fuck. 2% of Twitter amid complaints about free speech. Twitter's uh, share price rose in response. Now, this is interesting. There's a lot of different takes on why Elon Musk might have. He's now the largest shareholder in Twitter. But, folks, something, uh, there's something going on here. I want to just give you two quick points about this. I haven't spoken to Guy about this. Yeah, I know you're fascinated by this story. <laughs> two things. It's interesting that when Elon Musk purchased almost 10% of Twitter, which is an enormous amount, talking about billions, he must have bought a couple Three billion, billion, apparently. Stock. 
He notes that it's passive, isn't it? Which, hey, hey, I thought him selling off the Tesla stock was about him selling off stock so he could pay taxes. But apparently he did it to buy stock in Twitter. Motherfucker needs to pay more in taxes. Well, I'm not sure how you're going to change the direction of Twitter with passive investing. Joe, as we know, active investing, where you use your shares to influence board members and board votes, that's where you change the direction of a company. Yeah. You buy shares, you push the board members to vote for the company to go woke. That's what the left does. Buying passive shares and noting it publicly seems to imply to me that you're just buying it as an investment. You don't want any say in how the companies run. My 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 thought process on it is that it's a pump and dump scheme. He's going to inflate the worth of the stock, and then he's going to dump it. He's going to get all these dumb fucks like Dan Bongino. Dan Bongino's like, oh, Elon bought 10% of Twitter. I'm going to buy some Twitter stock. And there's all kinds of these Elon stands out there that are going to buy Twitter stock. Elon's going to dump his stock, and Twitter's going to tank, and he's going to make some money. to me. Why would he do that? Is he, I don't know. I mean, it's, uh, you know, the, I'm sure he's not insider trading, so I doubt he has any insider information. But I see Twitter going down their share price in the future, not up, especially if he's not going to be active. But he's some, on the board now. Apparently, Bongino didn't know he was named to the board. Who was the founder of Twitter? He tweeted out something interesting last week, complaining about the centralized economy, the centralized Internet, and how he regrets being part of it. I don't know. Are him and Elon working on something? I don't know. I genuinely don't know. As if Elon is going to move to decentralize the platform. He's buying 10% of Twitter because he's going to take over Twitter. Well, not passively, he's not. There's not money in that. I don't know what he's up to. But, be you know, and Jack Dorsey tweeting this weekend, or just tweeting it just uh, not long ago about how centralized, uh, you know, he's worried about the centralized, like big tech centralizing control. And he regrets it. Strange, right? I'll have an update on that for you. Hopefully soon we get more information. But that story's been making the rounds. He didn't know shit. He didn't have anything to say. I had more insight than Dan Bongino. How'd this motherfucker get an audience? Despite calling himself a free speech absolutist... Elon Musk has a history of retaliation against employees and critics because he is not a free speech absolutist. He's a rich asshole. Elon Musk on Saturday criticized Twitter for failing to adhere to free speech principles, which he said fundamentally undermines democracy. Now, this is a Business Insider uh, piece from about two weeks ago, week and a half ago. The Tesla CEO, who has previously referred to himself as a free speech absolutist, has a track record of silencing critics with threats of lawsuits and firing employees who disagree with him. Seems at Elon Musk is a free speech absolutist, unless it involves safety concerns, in my opinion, tweeted John Bernal, a former Tesla employee who was fired after he posted YouTube reviews of Tesla's autopilot functions on his channel. Bernal's video reviews contained only end-user features and included footage of the car's autopilot disengaging, which caused Bernal to take control to avoid dangerous situations, including a possible crash. 
I was fired from Tesla in February with my YouTube being cited as the reason why, even though my uploads are from my personal vehicle off company time or property with software I paid for. Bernal did not immediately respond to Insider's request for comment. Bernal's firing is not the only example of Musk taking action against uh, public criticism. In one instance, Fast Company reported that Musk found the identity of a would-be anonymous blogger who posted a negative stock analysis of Tesla and contacted their employer, threatening to sue. Poster deactivated his social media accounts and stopped posting about Tesla altogether. I do not know what Mr. Musk's precise complaints about me uh, are about me. I do not believe he has any valid legal claim, and I would have no trepidation in defending myself vigorously were he to bring any claim. Montana Skeptic wrote in their farewell post, my response to his threats was simply to protect my employer and preserve my employment. Where are all the free speech warriors? All the people... Heralding Musk as a as a free speech absolutist and the savior of free speech. Another incident, a journalist who'd been critical of the Tesla Model X launch event was called by Musk personally and had their order for a Model X canceled. Four employees have reported being fired for disagreeing with the CEO, for reporting racist harassment, or for simply being in his way. Musk has denied allegations of rage firing employees and says his criticism of Twitter is based on a fundamental belief in a freedom of speech. Bullshit. Bullshit. Do you think we're stupid? You think we're fools? Musk did not immediately respond to Insider's request for comment for the article because he didn't want to exercise his free speech. I'm glad I was never on the Musk bandwagon. I always saw through him. Always thought he was a grifter. I'm glad I was proven right. Now here's video of some kittens going to the zoo. If it's going to load up here. Oh, uh, the Animal Defense League? Is that what it was? The the Animal Defense League took a field trip to the San Antonio Zoo. Look at the little kitty! Up in the cheetah's face. Oh, my God. Fucking adorable. Oh, the lion's trying to play with the puppy. They're doing this to uh, raise awareness. Like one of their adoption drives. Oh, oh, fuck. What is that? That's a, um... Is that a hyena? It's a beautiful fucking animal. I highly recommend rescues. That right, buddy.
It's an African wild dog. It was gorgeous. If you guys are watching on Twitch, I'm going to send you over to Matt Bender. I don't know. I don't know if tonight is doomed or scam economy. Let me see if I can uh, get a few people watching Bender's channel to uh, come on over to the Troll Patrol. But also, Bender's awesome. May know him from the majority report. It's a Tuesday. I don't think. I think. I don't think it's doomed. Yeah, there, that's what he's doing. Doomed is tonight. Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I'm Justin Freegan. We'll see you tomorrow night on the Troll Patrol live.